Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today I will be talking with Guy Flaming, GM of the Acadia Grizzly Bears, about the 2020 SICHL entry draft and some of the great picks made by teams at the draft. So let's get started. Here's Guy Flaming, GM of the Acadia Grizzly Bears. Philadelphia selects from Gatineau in the Quebec Junior League. Um, I would like to welcome now to the show Guy Flaming the GM of the Acadia Grizzly Bears, as well as the host of the Pipeline Show, another podcast that you can find on all of the uh, podcast podcast sites. Uh, Guy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well, Ian. Thank you. This is long overdue. I've I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and <laughs> finally, my turn. My turn has arrived. That's right. That's right. And I definitely want to have you on again uh, just to interview as a GM. Uh, but today we're doing something special here for everyone. We are reviewing the 2020 SICHL entry draft, and we're going to go over during the uh, during the review. We're going to go over some of the teams that we thought had the uh, some of the best drafts, as well as some individual picks that uh, were were really good for their position, and that we might be quite excited about for those teams. And I'm sure those teams are very excited about them. Yeah, looking forward to that. I thought it was a, a fun draft for sure. And, uh, you know, some teams weren't all that active. Some were very aggressive. Uh, it made for a, a fun draft. It sure did. And you were mentioning before before we started talking here that there were a lot there was a lot of movement before the draft uh, this year. Well, 29 first-round picks and 16 of them were traded. Again, not all in the, you know, two days leading up to the draft. And some of them might have been a year ago. But... That's a lot of movement. And there was a flurry of activity leading up to the draft, wasn't there? I mean, and you mentioned some of those picks were traded more than once. So there was there was a lot of movement. I thought it made for a, an intriguing draft to see where exactly people were trying to get to the to the uh, what part of that first round. A lot of uh, at the end of the first round. I know you moved around a little bit. Of course, you traded the number one overall pick uh, at <laughs> one point. For the life of me, I could not make a trade. I was trying so hard to uh, get another uh, pick right around where I was picking already. Uh, a lot of people, you know, if I was calling on 18 or 19 or 20 or something like that, they wanted my 25 pick and something mm-hmm. else. But I did. I wanted to have that and another pick. Uh, <laughs> and I think that was the biggest hurdle. But uh, yeah, so usually I am able to make trades on draft day. Uh, this year, not the case. That's right, and I know uh, we we discussed uh, a move there too, and of course that's one of the ones I wanted to do. You were yeah. looking at twenty one. I was looking to move twenty one, uh, just to try to stay in the in the mid to early twenties. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the hurdle. I wanted twenty five back in, involved in it. To, well, so. and that was the case. Everybody was willing to move down a little bit, but not to thirty seven or thirty nine, which is what right. I had in the second round that I was able to. The pitch, but uh, yeah, nobody wanted to drop back, uh, you know, ten or twelve spots, two or three right. maybe, but not ten or twelve. That's right. The, I was I was very happy a couple of days before to be able to move up to that twenty-one spot. I had uh, thirty-two, and I was able to move up to that twenty-one spot at that point. Yeah. So I was uh, I was counting my blessings that I was able to do that. Um, and but like you said, lots of movements leading up to it. Not so much on uh, on draft day. I found. 
that really um, people were holding on to those picks. And and for myself, picking 21 there, uh, the the top 19 went just uh, all 19 guys that I had ranked went 19. And then uh, my 20 and 21 ranking switched for me. Then I was able to get my 20 at 21. But I was really hoping to get somebody in that in maybe the 16 range on my list. Uh, right. It didn't fall this year. <laughs> no. Uh, and I'm with you. The first, uh, well, 15, 16 guys. Well, 15, I suppose. Uh, Hendricks Lapierre was a bit of a... A surprise for me with uh, with the Sonics, but uh, it, I, it went pretty much the way I expected it to. Maybe not in a, the exact order, but that top fifteen right. was the fifteen guys that I think probably all, most of us had in that top fifteen. Right. Uh, and a great year for those for those uh, picks. I mean, it was just it was a full year of of really high end talent. I thought. Um, what um, what do you think of this uh, of of that year, the twenty twenty year? Would you would you put it in? Uh, like in with the top, uh, some of the top years, like 2015 and, and everything, or, or did it kind of, uh, um, level out? Um, I, no, I thought it was a pretty good year, maybe slightly above average. I think, uh, well, you know, 20, what was it? 2003 is probably the yeah. banner year outside of 1979, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to have a, a year where just about every guy gets to the NHL out of the first round. That's not, the way things usually work, but it's funny because there are guys that right now we think are that's that guy's probably a safe bet, and he's mm-hmm. not going to make it. And there's that's another right. guy, you know, everybody was kind of laughing at, call, at the, the Columbus Blue Jacket for uh, taking the uh, Jaeger uh, Chinikov or Chinikov. He that could prove to be a steal. Who knows? But uh, you know, at the time, everybody was kind of shaking their heads. Yeah, he's looking fantastic in the KHL. That's for sure. Um, Actually, I was just looking uh, the other day at uh, players under the age of 21 in the KHL and scoring, and he's up by five points on the next on the next guy under 21 years old in the KHL. So he's looking really good. Um, uh, Kekalainen, he he can make some pretty good picks there. Yeah, he's not a dumb guy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's head straight over to uh, the our top five or maybe top six um, picks of the draft. <laughs> Um and and I'll get us started here. Okay. Now I'm interested to see what you how, the way you go with this. Is it like okay, the, he's the best player available, so you're taking the number one guy, or what's the criteria where you kind of decided this is a guy that you think deserves to be one of the best picks? So it was a bit of a mix for me. Uh, I went by I went by this player based on where he was picked, but then uh, but then I thought you know what that's great. But there are some guys that near the top, like right at the very top of the draft, who I would have wanted for sure at that point. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, top four through four through ten, four through twelve was a bit of a uh, a mixed bag for what for different thoughts from a lot of people on who should go where. Right. And so there might be one or two guys in there that that I thought, yes, that guy had to go there. And uh, so I was really happy that somebody took him there because he okay. really was the guy that I thought should go there. But there's some later ones that I thought, oh, that guy for that spot in the draft is fantastic. Now, how about yourself? I, I didn't pick a first-round guy. I didn't. I did. Okay. I said the first-round guys are first-round guys. They're not really reaches or anything like that for the most right. part. So I was looking more in – and it was funny because some – some of the picks, a guy would take somebody and be like, wow, he, that's really good value. That guy was picked a lot earlier in the NHL draft, and we're getting him in the SICHL with a later pick. 
that could be pretty good value. And then there's other players who get taken way before they were taken in the NHL draft, and it almost feels like that should be rewarded, and that should be said, you know what, that's a ballsy pick, way to go. Get your guy, that's awesome. But there's also some risk involved in that, isn't there? So it's you kind of uh, you're weighing the pros and cons of of all of these picks. Absolutely. And last year, my the guy I thought that did that was uh, Ryan when he when he took Dustin Wolf in the fourth round, right after I took. Uh, yep. Uh, Spiridonov, he took Dustin Wolf, and of course Dustin Wolf in the NHL draft went in with four picks to go in the entire draft in the seventh round. Yeah. And I th- and I loved that pick by Ryan. I had him. And I thought, oh, he'll last to the to the end of the fourth round when I had another pick. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Ryan grabbed him for me there, but uh, that was a fantastic pick. And look how well it's turning out as well. He, yeah. You know, the goaltender of the year in the CHL, and just a fantastic, fantastic pick there. Yeah. So you were punching your monitor when, uh, when I you was. made that pick. Yeah. <laughs> just like I was when this player was taken right ahead of me. All right. This year. So I had the forty first pick. And uh, and I was salivating with this guy. I thought, here it comes. And then there was a delay. There was a delay, and I think, oh no, 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 somebody's trading, and they, I bet they want this guy. And of course, Eric Schneider, GM of the Nova Scotia Schooners, trades for the uh, 40th pick and grabs Helge Granz. Mm. And I was, and the, the poor dog, just uh, <laughs> just scattered. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm, I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset with you. Uh, I, I just love that pick there. I I personally have him as the third ranked. I had him as the third ranked uh, defenseman in the draft myself. Oh wow. Um, I thought he he really struggled last year. I think it was the at the Linka. Um, uh, but after that, he was incredible. He, he really showed off his wares. He uh, uh, he's a fantastic skater. But, but he he showed that he can think the game like he he wasn't really showing that at the Linka, but the rest of the year he really showed it and uh, and he fell because of it. A lot of people I thought got stuck on that one tournament, and uh, I would have loved to grab Helge Granz at forty one, but uh, Eric Eric stole him from me. <laughs> and in the other league, he went uh, what thirty fifth to uh, some team in Los Angeles, right? Right. Yeah. So how's he doing this year in real life? Ah, uh, he is doing quite well. I'll just uh, look at look up his stats here right now, but I think he's. Uh, I got it six six points in eleven games. Yeah, I keep seeing um, highlights of him, and they're really good. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I think he's playing in the SHL this year, and yes, he has six points in eleven games in the SHL for a defenseman, uh, six foot three, one ninety two. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I mean. Elite prospects had him ranked 19th, and uh, Nova Scotia got him at number 40. So, great pick there. How about yourself? Who's your Who's your top guy? Uh, it's funny though when you d- d- talked about the the story of how that pick evolved. I had a very similar situation with uh, Dick Neighbors. Uh, I had a, a trade lined up for the number 34 pick with uh, uh, Hamilton, and uh, I, I was going to, I was going to purchase the number 34 pick. And it was all dependent on if my guy was still there, and that would have been Jake Neighbors, who uh, then went 33rd to Chicago. So I had a similar situation there uh, that you had with uh, Helge Grants, but I, that wasn't one of the guys that uh, is on my uh, on my list here. 
Uh, I actually decided I'm not going to involve the Acadia Grizzly Bears in any of uh, the discussions that we're having just to avoid uh, <laughs> bias or anything like that. So the first guy on my list uh, was taken by the uh, Vancouver Vipers at number 35 and Justin Barron, defenseman with the Halifax Mooseheads. I thought it was an interesting pick, especially he went 25th overall in the NHL draft. So uh, not even a late, you know, I wouldn't call him an exactly a late first round pick. Mid-20s is still pretty respectable. Missed a ton of time, though, last year due to injury and uh, even started uh, on the shelf uh, at the start of this year. But uh, back playing, I remember watching him at the Holinka Cup uh, in uh, Edmonton. Uh, he was an underage player, didn't look out of place at all. Uh, I liked him at that tournament. And uh, I think he kind of fell under the radar a little bit, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind to some degree uh, last year with all the extended time that he missed. So. I think that I I put him on my list because at 35 I think that's really good value for a defenseman who could have been you know in that uh, Braden Schneider Caden Gooley area uh, and nobody would have blinked so I think getting him at 35 is a, a good job by the Vipers. Absolutely, uh, and he yeah he he really fell this year because of that injuries uh, that injury and um, I hope for the the best for him in the future for his health and. And I think I think he is he it's looking up for him now. So uh, absolutely, he's a he's a great player, and and uh, that lead us to our next next pick for for each of us. I went uh, with uh, the Montreal Millionaires and their pick of Theodore Niederbach. And where did they take him? I know in the NHL he went fifty first. Did fifty third here for the Millionaires? Fifty third. That's right. Fifty third. So Theodore Niederbach. Um, and speaking, you mentioned a guy that, uh, that had injuries, uh, last year. And here's another one, uh, Niederbach last, um, uh, had some injuries two years ago. Uh, so his, in the 2018, 19 season, he missed the entire year. Uh, last year he had a, a good year, played most of it in the J20 super elite league, uh, where he put up 48 points in 40 games, uh, that this year he is absolutely ripping it up. He has 35 points in 19 games in the J20 National uh, with uh, Prolenda, and I think I, I was it was for myself when I picked that 41. It was between him and the player I took. So uh, at 53rd to still grab him there, I thought that was a great job by Montreal and Chasm. It's it's nice when guys kind of fall a little bit because of that with that injury factor. I mean, it is a risk though at the same time, right? Like we all. If we like the guy and he was injured, we say, well, he was injured last year, so he fell. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's got a lot more value than people realize. And yet there is an injury and there is some risk that it's not, you know, that it's, uh, that it won't be a, an ongoing thing. It's something that is not going to be a long-term problem. Um, so it, it's, it's funny how we, we view injuries differently, whether it's a player that we really have a special liking to or not. That's right. And yourself, that your second guy? Next guy on my list uh, came number 43, Sam Colangelo, uh, was taken by the Bernal Barons. Um, he's going to uh, Northeastern, had a really good year with the Chicago Steel uh, in the USHL and uh, was taken earlier than this in the NHL draft as well. So uh, I think it's a value pick, but I like the player as well. He's he's not an undersized, skilled guy. He's, he's 6'2", and uh, putting up big numbers on a team that was really loaded. I mean, the Chicago Steel were by far the best team in the USHL last year, so there is some uh, how much of it is because of who he was playing with. I mean, he, he did play with Brendan Brisson and, and guys like Gunnar Wolf-Fontaine, uh, for instance. Those were offensive junior players, 
So you wonder how much of it was because of who was on his line and how much of it was because of him. I think he contributed to that, and he's just he's not just riding off somebody else's coattails. So uh, I think that was a good pick uh, by uh, the Bruno Barons. Absolutely. Great power forward there. But you're right, that is an absolute powerhouse team, but I think he contributed a lot to that, to make them that powerhouse team uh, a great player. Um, I'll go to my third guy on my list, and he was taken in the NHL at 56 overall. He actually was taken a lot earlier in this in our draft at 39th overall by the Acadia Grizzly Bears and Guy Flaming, Tristan Robbins. <laughs> and I, there's another guy I was hoping... Uh, might be there two picks later, but he wasn't. And uh, so Tristan Robbins, uh, uh, one of my favorites going into this draft, um, he really didn't see much time on the power play at all last year. But, boy, he, he, he put up some decent numbers, and he really took off in the second half. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him this year. I think, I think he's going to be one of those guys that just skyrockets in his, uh, in his draft year plus one. His second half last year was uh, fantastic. I think he and uh, Seth Jarvis were pretty much the two hottest guys in the in the second half of the uh, WHL season. The only reason I took Robbins there, I had I had the fifty the number fifty four pick, and I had him penciled in for that spot. But because I missed Jake Neighbors with an early thirties pick, uh, I ended up taking Brock Faber two picks earlier than I had planned, and that opened up. Okay, what do I do? I missed the guy that I wanted in Neighbors, so I said, you know what? I'm not missing it on on this guy. So I'm taking him earlier. It's probably a reach, but I'm taking Robbins. And then I heard from not just you, but one or two other GMs who said, yeah, if you wouldn't have taken him, uh, he wouldn't have been there at 54. <laughs> That's so, right. So it made me feel a little better. I wasn't happy about that. I picked at 41, <laughs> and the two picks before me were two of the top three that I have here for, for picks of the draft here. So Rans <laughs> and Robbins. So great, keep, great pick, Guy. Thanks a lot. All right, well, I appreciate that. Uh, all right, for me, the next guy on my list is uh, number 49 overall. Uh, went uh, by the uh, Seattle, I was going to call him the Seattle Kraken for a second, but uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, with the Seattle picking uh, Robbie Gerventi, and I, I, this is a player I didn't really know a whole lot about, um, but it, as the draft got closer and closer, I, I'd read up on him, and he was an interesting player to me, and I looked to see what he's doing this year. And here's here's a guy who's no shrinking violet, six foot three and 190ish pounds, and he's a point per game player in the men's league in Finland right now. So yeah. that to me right now uh, looks like a great pick uh, by Seattle. Uh, he went 33rd overall in the NHL draft, so to get him at 49 in the SICHL draft, uh, that to me is a value pick. Absolutely, yeah. Seattle had themselves a fantastic draft, and uh, and that was just one of one of those picks that were so great from them. Um, I'll go to my next pick here, and this is I went actually quite early on with this one, and I absolutely love this player, and it's Lucas Raymond, who was picked four by the Hamburg Gladiators, Henry Ski, mm -hmm. uh, and he was also picked number four in the NHL, uh, but. Like I said, there was a number of players that uh, it was talked about, about who might go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, that was the right pick, in my opinion. You couldn't, couldn't go wrong with Lucas Raymond. In fact, you had to go with Lucas Raymond, in my, in my opinion. And he's showing it in the SHL this year, uh, playing with, with men and absolutely dominating when he controls a play like, 
like few others do. And so I think Lucas Raymond, Henry Ski, perfect pick there. Yeah, great player. Uh, and again, saw him in person at the Holinka Gretzky here in Edmonton in, uh, what was it, 2018? Another underage yeah. guy at that tournament. He and Holtz were Sweden's two best players at, at that mm-hmm. tournament as underagers. Uh, so you knew there was something special cooking with those two. And, um, yeah, that's going to be a, a great uh, duo. It'll be interesting to see to compare those two, uh, you know, five, ten years from now to see how it uh, pans out for both of those guys. But, uh, yeah, no argument there. Lucas Raymond at number four. Good job to uh, Henry. Uh, next guy on my list, and I, so far I've been talking about guys who lasted longer in our draft than in the other draft. Uh, this completely the opposite direction. I'm going with uh, Zade Wisdom, taken by the Boston Colonials, 61st mm-hmm. in the SICHL draft, 94th in uh, the NHL by the Flyers. So this is definitely a case of Gary jumping up to get a guy he liked. Zade Wisdom was the guy on my list. I wasn't going to take him quite that early. But I thought it was notable that I think the first player signed by an NHL team after the 2020 draft was Zade Wisdom. You don't see that. A fourth-round pick is the first guy who gets signed. So the Flyers know there's something special about this guy. Uh, so uh, that was why he was on my radar. Uh, and uh, damn Gary for getting him ahead of me. That's right. There was a lot of talk about Zade Wisdom leading up to the draft. Um as as I thought, I thought there would have been some teams that really jumped up for him in the NHL draft as well, because like, there was so much talk about him, uh, at least amongst the the scouts on uh, on in, on Twitter and and in other places. But uh, yeah, great player there. I think that one's going to work out well for Gary for sure. Uh, I'll go to my number five, and I actually have a pair here because it was a back to back pick, back to back picks. And it was by, they were by the Seattle Grunge in the first round. And Seattle went with, at, at seven with Alexander Holtz and eight with Marco Rossi. And yikes. But those two together. And then, and then they have uh, Brady Kachuk on the left side. What a line that's going to be in the future. You got uh, Rossi centering Holtz on the right and, and Brady Kachuk on the left. But Holtz and Rossi, seven and eight. You couldn't have made a mistake there, but he sure hit a home run with those two going together. Yeah, it's really hard to to miss when you've got two picks in inside the top eight like that. Um, but you know, and again, we talked about it before. They look like sure things right now. Uh, you know, three, four, yeah. five years from now, who knows? But right now, those do look like uh, terrific picks, and they could play on the same line moving forward. And mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, for the grunge, if that works out that way. Uh, they'll be pretty darn happy. Two offensive weapons like that, uh, nice way to uh, add some punch to a team that's, uh, you know, at the bottom of the league right now. Yeah, absolutely. Way to go, Phil. All right, next up for me, uh, I'm going back to Gary again. Uh, Devin Levi taken at 65. Again, and we talk about jumping up to get a guy. 65 in the SICHL draft, 212 in the NHL draft. Seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. This is this year's Dustin Wolf. It Ian. is. And... Uh, for good reason. Uh, Dustin Wolf last year goes to the World Juniors with uh, Team USA. I think the same thing is going to happen with Devin Levi. They're taking three goalies this year, Canada, because the, the rosters are expanded. So they're going to have 14 forwards, 8D, and three goaltenders. It won't shock me at all if Levi is one of those three. Uh, he gets the late addition to the camp here in December because of uh, the way he played in the CJHL last year, the league MVP across Canada, not just in the league that he played in. Uh, but was outstanding at the World Junior A Challenge as well. Uh, another guy headed to uh, Northeastern. We talked about um, Sam Colangelo 
uh, earlier as well. So that team's got a pretty nice uh, incoming freshman class, and, and Devin Levi is uh, he's going to be uh, a good one, at least at the collegiate level. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not 6'4 or 6'5, uh, but uh, he can stop the puck. Absolutely. His numbers were his numbers were incredible. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So that was their top five. Now, I had an honorable mention here. Me too. And it, it had had exactly to do with uh, with where they got picked and how they're doing right now. And that's uh, Elliot. Den- I, you'd probably know how to say his better, name better than I do. But uh, Elliot Denoyer. Uh, oh, Denoyer. Yeah. Denoyer. OK. Uh, the Acadia Grizzly Bears. And he was picked by by Guy. At 112th, and this year right now in the queue, he's got uh, 20 points in I think it is 11 games. Yeah, he's in um, He is ripping it up right now in the queue, and and there's those there's those guys that just you know they seem that, that seem to put it all together. And you did that last year when you grabbed Adam Beckman too, mm-hmm. uh, that seemed to put it all together um, after after the draft, right? Uh, the, the year before showed showed that uh, showed it at times, but didn't do it consistently. Boy, he's pretty consistent this year. And, and I'll be a hundred percent honest, was not on my radar, you know, in September. But because of his hot start in the queue this year, I, I had to look into him a lot more and reached out to some people I know, and they all seemed to speak well of him. Uh, mm-hmm. So I decided to take him. And there was also I was tar- starting to take some ribbing about taking flyers. I think at that point he was the <laughs> only flyer that I took. So, you know, let's forget it. That uh, There was no bias there in that regard. It just seemed to be like a, a reasonable pick at that part of the draft. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Did you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I had uh, one for sure. It, it was going to be Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. I think uh, the Fredericton Express had taken uh, Gunnar Wolf. Probably they might have taken him just on the name alone. But, uh, he, you know, he's an undersized guy, but really offensive. I think that could work out. But the guy I wanted to pinpoint second last player taken in the draft is Timofey Spitsarov, who uh, played, he's a Russian, but he's been playing in North America for a while, and his numbers last year were ridiculous. I think, I want to say he was at Culver Academy, but I'll pull it up here in a second, but um, not a, a, a small guy by any stretch of the imagination, uh, and uh, the fact that he goes, in real life, uh, or in the other league, the San Jose Sharks took him, uh, and they're always patient with their guys, especially those who might be going the uh, collegiate route which Spitzerov is. He's going to UMass. But he had 76 points in 40 games. 49 of them were goals. So he was more than a goal-per-game guy last year. Um, So I think that's uh, a nice uh, little uh, seventh-round pick, second-last guy in the draft. Why not take a a swing for the fence on a guy like that? So uh, he was taken by the Calgary Mustangs. So uh, good job. Way to go, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. that that is a that is a lot of goals. That is a lot of yeah. goals in his, in his draft year. Uh, all right. Uh, any other honorable mentions or? Nope. No. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, we could talk forever about guys that oh, we, we like. Yeah, those are the ones guys. I wrote down that I thought were special. Okay, so let's move on now to the uh, to the teams and uh, and which team had overall uh, great drafts and for this one. I had I had one that, uh, that didn't take too many, but I had the other ones actually had a fair number of picks, mm-hmm. but they had to hit with those picks. And uh, I'll start right away with the Boston Colonials team with the most picks in the draft, actually. Uh, 
Or did you catch him? He had the most picks going in. I think he had 18 picks. If oh, I'm he, not he had more than I did, yeah. I, I think okay. I had 15 going in, and I ended up with 14. But I, I knew he okay. was – at one point, he was trying to get 20 or more, wasn't he? He was. He was at 19. And he was, and I and I was trying to throw – oh, boy, I was trying to throw uh, some uh, some stuff to get that number three pick. Um, so he could have been over 20, but, uh, but he stayed where he was, and he made a great choice doing that. Uh, so – just some of the picks that he made, and I like he hit on on those picks. In my opinion, you mentioned Zade Wisdom already. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tim Stutzla, of course, at number three, fantastic, fantastic player to get number, the third overall. Uh, Ridley Gregg at twenty six, the guy that that I liked a lot. Uh, JJ Paterko at thirty one. Luke Evangelista at forty two, another great player there. Uh, one of the guys he jumped up on to get uh, compared to the NHL. Uh, Jeremy Poye, but I thought that for for defenseman, he may not uh, he may not have the defensive game right now, but 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 I I think personally he's the most talented defenseman in the draft offensively. Um, it, he's just got to work on that defensive game and, and yeah. learn some stuff there. But, but boy, fantastic fantastic offensive talent. Jean Luc Pudi, Zade Wisdom, you mentioned Devin Levi, another guy that you know. It, he had two of those guys in your in your top five picks there. Yeah. So uh, for their spots, Ryan Francis keeps putting up points. He, you know, uh, Tyler Tulio, just down the list. He had he had himself a fantastic draft in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I I can't disagree. And it, when we when two guys talking on the radio agree, uh, we say that's bad radio. But this is going to be bad <laughs> radio for a minute because Boston. I gave I went through every team and gave them a letter grade and made some notes beside each team. Two teams I gave an A to. Boston was one of them, so I might as well just follow along in your footsteps and and uh, and agree with you. I thought uh, that Gary had a great draft, and mm-hmm. it, it helps when you have um, quantity of picks. But if you don't come away with quality, then it, what's the point, right? But right. I agree with you. I think he did hit uh, with some of those players. Another guy I want to mention that I don't know if you mentioned was Tyler Tulio, who I know the Oilers took him in real life. Um, but he's an undersized player, lots of skill though, and yeah. I think he's an interesting guy. I know Gary took him about ninety, ninety-five, somewhere in there, ninety-five. 95. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how that one is. The Jeremy Poirier pick, as a Flames fan, I, I like how you glossed over the, uh, you know, the fact <laughs> that defensemen can't play defense. Um, but <laughs> he's, he does have that offensive flair, that's for sure. But um, you never know; he might end up playing the wing. <laughs> his his job title is in the title of his position. Uh, if you can't play defense as a defenseman, you might be in trouble. But I understand uh, the attraction to Jeremy Poirier. So both of us like Boston uh, as one of the top three teams at the draft. A couple other guys, and then he didn't just do it at the top of the draft either. Uh, but guys like Victor Pearson, 147th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amir Miftikov, who stepped in for for the Russians last year. Yeah, I like that pick. At the World Junior, 156, fantastic. Oliver Tarnstrom, I really liked that 125. So he really, really had himself a great draft. Okay, uh, we'll move on uh, to our to our next one on the list. And I had the Fredericton Express. Um, let's take a look at what Freddie what Freddie did at the draft. And Dylan Holloway at number fifteen, I love that pick. I, I thought, you know, of course, anything in the in the for me, anything in the top twenty this year was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dylan Holloway right there at fifteen was great. He jumped up. He was another guy that, that did it to me. He jumped up at nineteen, two ahead of me. 
uh, grabbed that 19th pick. That was one of the trades in this year at the draft. Connor Zary, again, you may be uh, thinking that's kind of a homer, uh, a homer pick for a guy I like, but and I wouldn't be wrong. I sure like Connor Zary a lot. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I, I was trying to get that 19th pick to get him myself. Bordelo at 44, Emil Vero I, uh, could have been one of my value picks for the entire draft. He was, he could have been an honorable mention or even one of those top five. Emil Vero at 85, I love Michael Benning here around these parts. We see Michael Benning and, uh, boy, he sure has a lot of, a lot of talent offensively as well. Uh, and then he, and then Antonio Stranges, there's a, there's a boomer bust, but hey, at 127, you, you know, boomer bust is great because if it booms, you're set. If it busts, oh well, it was 127th pick in the draft. Yeah. So. Yeah, no question about that. I had uh, Fredericton. I gave them a B plus, so they were on my. I, I've got two A's and five teams that I gave a B plus to. One of them uh, was Fredericton. Uh, I'm not going to single them out as one of my top three, but uh, I liked what you said. Two safe bets in the first round, as safe as you can get with uh, with drafting teenagers. But Dylan Holloway, <laughs> Connor Zary. I like both of those picks. And as you said, some late round uh, swing for the fences with uh, Benning. I like Gunner, uh, or, uh, Gunner, uh, Gunner Wolf Fontaine as well. I think yeah. that's a, a nice gamble with a seventh round pick. Why not swing for the fence there? The next uh, team, and I guess I'll go with the other team that I gave an A to. Uh, not a lot of picks, but I like what the Hamilton Steelhawks did this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they had four picks inside the top 35. Uh, they took the two best defensemen. Uh, with uh, Drysdale and uh, Sanderson. Um, so I think, you know, you shore up a position like that really early on, and then you can concentrate on other positions if you want. So without a lot of picks, and he actually made trades. He had more yeah. picks going in, right? So he, he actually bettered himself for next year uh, as well with the moves that he made. So uh, I thought Hamilton had a really good draft, and the fact that uh, he got the two best uh, Ds uh, in the draft uh, and then mm-hmm. traded those picks uh, to better himself for next year. Uh, I liked what he did. And, uh, you know, I was close to making a deal f- with him at 24. He ended up taking the player that I would have taken. Uh, so I'm a little mm-hmm. jealous there, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. He uh, he had 19 and he had uh, 40 as well. He traded both those, got a lot of cash for 40. And for 19, he picks in the first round again next year. So uh, an, an extra pick there. You're right. And those two, those two defensemen, Drysdale and Sanderson, our dynamite. Um, he's going to love those two moving forward as well, like you said, and adding to a couple other uh, guys he has back there on the back end already. Um, he's got a really nice defense core moving forward um, as he's rebuilding. All right, so let's go to that third team on each list. I had the Seattle Grunge at number three myself. And again, I had mentioned those two guys there at uh, seven and eight, Holtz and Rossi. You mentioned Robbie Yarventine at 49. And then uh, he also picked up Nico Dawes at 67. Yeah. Great goalie. Uh, played for Canada, of course, at the World Juniors last year. And Ryder Rolston at 157, I thought was a nice value pick in itself. And there's there's a team that only had five picks in the in the draft, but he sure made them count, and in a big way, I thought. Uh, and I agree. And I guess we're back to uh, bad radio because that was the team that I was going to give my, my third uh, vote to. But since you took them, uh, I'm uh, I'm not. I'm gonna call an audible at the line here and, and go with somebody else. Uh, you know, here here's the five teams that I gave B pluses to. You mentioned Fredericton. I said that uh, Seattle as well. Uh, I also uh, singled out uh, Stockholm. Uh, I think you, you, I mean he come yeah. away with the number one player oh, in the yeah. draft, and and some of the other picks he made were good. Uh, and then I had the Vancouver Vipers. I thought the Vipers had a really good draft. 
mm-hmm. but I guess I, I will go with uh, the other team uh, that I had happens to be the uh, the Bamp Club, uh, and I thought uh, <laughs> Ian, I thought you did a great job. But you get it, you know the best, clearly the best goaltender in the draft class with uh, Askarov. Uh, I, I like Anton Lundell a lot. I think he's going to be a really good, almost kind of under the radar player. Uh, at the draft this year, but uh, you know I think he's going to turn out really well for you. Uh, so I think you're going to be happy with the way uh, you drafted. And again, this was a year where you didn't have a ton of picks. You you did some wheeling and dealing as well. But you know uh, Maverick Porks a, a bit of a gamble, maybe at 21. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I would have taken him that high, but it certainly would have been a late first rounder for me. And Yan mysak has got a lot of skill. And if he would have played the entire year in the OHL. Maybe he would have been a surefire first-round pick. So uh, maybe a value pick there for you at 41. So congratulations, Ian. You make my list. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And, yeah, Lundell, you know, he for me, he compares a lot to, in my mind, he compares a lot to the way that the way that this draft went and this, this draft year went for him and how he was being scouted and, and everything and how he had been scouted for a couple of years so so heavily. Remind me a lot of one of your players in Sean Couturier and how heavily he had been scouted for a couple of years leading up. And I think, I, I don't know, for me, that uh, sometimes that hurts the player in, in, in the draft. Uh, they might fall a bit because people are picking them apart a bit. But, I mean, that's uh, I was I was thrilled to get Lundell there myself. But um, uh, I'm, I will go with the – I will look at now uh, the – uh, the honorable mention that I hear, had here, and that is the Calgary Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Calgary Mustangs. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Calgary already, I believe, uh, with Spitzerov. Yep. They also uh, they took Jacob Perot, who I had I had even uh, even higher than eighteen that eighteen spot. I had him a couple spots higher. Really? I think he's uh, he could have been in that top five for me for picks of the draft. He has got incredible talent, and he really improved his skating this year that people were kind of ripping on a bit over before the year and, and over the year, but I think that that improved a lot for him. Uh, might be one of the top five skilled guys in the entire draft, like just for pure skill. That guy can play. Um, who, uh, who's, I always met. Who's up? At 28. Another guy who, another guy who's just uh, just full of talent, and he's go 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 all the time. Uh, I like that pick at 28. I thought that was good, really good value at 28. Uh, and Brandon Coe at number 105. Uh, another guy, a lot of, uh, I thought it was really good value that, to get there at 105, and just made some really nice picks late, like you said, Spitzerov and and, uh, and a bunch of other guys. So. He was an honorable mention for me, the brand or the uh, Calgary Mustangs. All right, well that makes sense uh, for me. For with Calgary, I looked at it; they had two first-round picks, and then it was a long time before they got to pick again. Um, so mm-hmm. I was weighing that a little bit. I don't think he did bad with the picks he had, but I don't know how impactful those, you know, the right. 134 to 202 picks are going to be long-term. So I, I didn't uh, suggest that they were that it was that. A big of an impactful day for Calgary. I like the picks. Uh, the, what he did with the picks were great. I just don't think the picks, uh, where they were, were, uh, were, it's, it's hard to make a, a lot of progress when you're picking that late. All right. Yee, thank you very much. I, boy, I, I mean, we'll, we'll find out right really in five years or so. Like you said, yeah. these guys are teenagers right now and, and, uh, who knows? So often we see first rounders that, that we expect to make it and they just don't play a game. 
right? But uh, and then there's those fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders that that are the stars, like Jamie Ben or or other players like that. So mm-hmm. so uh, we'll see down the road. But Guy, I really appreciate it, and uh, we can hear you on another po- podcast, of course, one that I listen to religiously. That is the Pipeline Show, and uh, and what. When's the uh, next episode of that one coming out? Well, they come out once a week, uh, yeah. often on the weekends. I've actually been experimenting a little bit here uh, th- with this last show that came out. I put it out like on uh, Monday or Tuesday of this, the week that we're speaking right now. So just to see if it would change the exposure that the show gets. Maybe it gets lost on the weekends or something like that. But um, yeah, so I've been doing that for, this is the 16th year for the show now. And um, it was on TSN 1260 for uh what was it about uh, 12 years i guess and then uh mm-hmm. lost my uh, local time spot so uh with that a lot of the sponsors left as well so i had to turn it into a complete 100% podcast and uh thankfully got uh, some sponsors to come over with that and then have the patreon page as well at patreon.com/thepipelineshow and i know a lot of the guys in the league are uh, actually chipping in a couple bucks a month which i really appreciate guys that's great that's great and then, of course it was on 1260 that i started listening to it years ago um, but, uh, I, it helps out a lot when, when you have those picks in the draft to, to hear those guys talk and, and, uh, hear a bit about them. And that's a great thing too. Yeah. That works against me. You know, when I have these guys on and I, <laughs> I, I'm basically doing the scouting for the other uh, GMs in this league. Yeah. That works against and we appreciate me. It. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guy, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I look forward to having you on the show as a GM and and uh, learning a bit more about you as a GM of uh, the Acadia Grizzly Bears. All right. Our, our new, the new official name of, uh, of Acadia. And uh, uh, stay safe and uh, and best of luck this year. All right. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you out there at, uh, at Sulphur Mountain uh, Lookout. <laughs> All right, Ian, thanks. This was a lot of fun. Next time I'm on, I'll wear my villain hat since uh, I seem to be <laughs> – Carrying that mantle around the league. But, uh, yeah, you stay safe. All the other GMs as well. Stay safe where you guys are. All right. Thanks again. Guy Flaming, GM of the Katie Golden Bears. Thanks again, Guy. It's always fun to review our Christmas morning present opening. If you have any ideas for the podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please DM me on Twitter at SICHL Rockies. Thanks for listening.